This edition of True Hill Heat is sponsored to you by Wrestling Travel. Wrestling Travel is an organization that brings wrestling fans from all over the world together to go to your biggest events like WrestleMania, Wrestle Kingdom, and Bound for Glory. To learn more, go to WrestlingTravel.org and also subscribe to the Wrestling Travel YouTube channel and learn all about wrestling travel and check out Lockdown Sessions with Justin Clapper. Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom, SP3. We are back once again with True Hill Heat 84. On this edition of True Hill Heat, we will be discussing the fallout from Impact Slammiversary and all the buzz concerning Impact, Pro, Impact Wrestling. And we're going to be discussing what was definitely the horror show. At Extreme Rules, we'll also be talking about the must-listen-to podcast of 2020 in Gallows and Anderson Talk and Shop podcast. We'll also be discussing week 40 of the Wednesday Night War. And we will end things off with a list of our top five best TNA slash Impact Wrestling matches ever. So I am back once again with my usual co-host. She had one week off, and now she is back <laughs> at it looking as only she can look. This is the princess of all the true heels, Miss Chrissy Love. Hello, hello, hello. Happy to be back in this week of wrestling, you know? Absolutely. It was a busy week of wrestling for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so we are without our resident true heel alcoholic top guy, JJ. We want to send our shots out to him. He had he had a little uh, little emergency he had to take care of last minute. But we are honored to bring back the man that was with us for THH 77, the man that we are calling the true draw because THH 77 was our most viewed podcast of 2020. This is the one, the only true heel. Josh is back with us once again. What's going on, brother? How's it going guys? <laughs> woo! Woo, 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 woo! <laughs> Glad to have you, Josh. Sound effects, you know. Yeah, of course, of course. Glad to have you once again, Josh. De definitely a knowledgeable wrestling fan that we always welcome to have on the show. Uh, yes. An announcement before we get into our shout out for our roll call. I have now become one of the news news writers for Sports Kita Wrestling. Uh, so you can uh, check. Why, why was the, the side for? You just have so many jobs, friend. I don't understand it. This is a pandemic. You're just getting job after job after job. Shout out to you. I don't no, know how you do it. it and you have two twin babies. Like, I could barely deal with my own two children. And you could do all these jobs. And my kids is big. I, I, I have to, you know, that's why my voice is a little bit lower for this episode than usual. Because, you know, dealing dealing with twins and having a promotion with my new job takes a lot out of you. But I, I, I hope I can imagine. That's why I was like, huh, like, I don't know. I don't know how you get sleep. <laughs> so I hope you guys for you. I hope you guys enjoyed the the more melatonin voice of of uh, SP3 <laughs> on this edition. Uh, <laughs> you 
you'll have to get used to this because this will probably be my voice for the, the oncoming future. So we got to get into our True Hill roll call because if it wasn't for you, the viewers of True Hill Heat, nothing would be possible. We have just reached 750 subscribers on our YouTube channel. So Wow, that's beautiful. That is amazing. Definitely want to clap for that. And the journey to 1,000 subscribers, I'm officially making the marker right now. It starts right <gasps> Now, I would love. Can we meet up by September? Ooh, what do you know. say? I don't know. I'll, I'll let the viewers decide. You guys put in the, put in the comment section. When do you September. think we will reach a thousand subscribers? I would love for it to be done by at least by the end of the year. But September is a lofty goal. Let's shoot for it. So okay. share this video, get it out there, and get us some more subscribers so we can reach that a thousand mark. So yeah, yeah. Heel roll call. We got to shout out our top three conversation starters on the True Hills group page. Coming in at number three is our New Japan aficionado, James Wims. Coming in at number two is Charles Kirkhoff. Charles Kirkhoff, I haven't come up with a cool nickname for you yet. I need to see you a little bit more in the group and then I can give you a new cool <laughs> nickname because you've been a part of the Trinity for a couple of weeks now. And of course, coming in at number one once again is the Negro Buck, Nick Jackson. That's right. As always, uh, True Hills that we got a shout out. We got a shout out Charlie Layton, Matt Copeland, Copeland, uh, Darnell Darden, one of our OGs on the True Hills group page, Walter Scott, Matthew Young, and Zachariah Allen. Our YouTube subscriber highlight the last couple of True Hill Heats. We've been shouting out your specific comments on different on different videos on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. So comment down below. It helps the YouTube algorithm as well. Not only does your likes help, not only does your subscribes help, but commenting on these videos gets it out to other wrestling fans like yourself. So we always enjoy your comments. And that's why we shout it out here on True Hill Heat. So we gotta highlight Janelle Eight for for life who said on our extreme rules roundtable that he loved the pay-per-view my only problem is that ending with the raw woman's title match wow which, which we'll get into we will definitely get into oh guys okay well yeah oh boy <laughs> josh i think josh is gonna have a good time discussing that with chrissy uh okay well we'll see <laughs> Jobber JJ49. I have to shout him out specifically because he's been showing us a lot of su support here on the channel as well as nice. on Twitter. Uh, he's he's a, one of our new subscribers over from Wrestle Talk. He is he is Ali Davis on Wrestle Talk's uh, biggest fan, and he has become a fan of the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. He said on our Slammiversary roundtable, overall Impact Slammiversary was great. They have a stacked roster, homegrown talent, household names, and old TNA nostalgia my match of the night for me was grace versus perrazzo seeing the motor city machine guns was my personal highlight of the night the main event was great but eyes was on this product and to me ace austin should have won and formed the new aces and eights once fulton was ejected and later ace having an ace up his sleeve why was trey eliminated first the final shot of the go home show was austin and trey so i didn't get that and Eddie being champion does nothing for me personally. Mm. I'm so pumped for Impact again. And Jobber JJ49, you will see from this episode of True Hill Heat, we are also pumped for Impact Wrestling. 2383 Scorpio 
commented on our Dark Side of the Ring, our final Dark Side of the Ring review for Season 1, The Fabulous Moolah. He said, good review for the whole Season 1 episodes of Dark Side of the Ring. Like her mentor and rival, Wendy Richter was also inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. I hope Season 3, the show should do episodes on The Ultimate Warrior, Ravishing Rick Rude, and Adonis. Which one of those would you like to see the most, Chrissy? Oh, wow. Ravishing Rick Rude would be actually a good one for me to watch, I think. That would be an interesting one I for sure. I think that would be an interesting one, yeah. We are, he, I mean, I know more. I know about the Ultimate Warrior. I want to hear about Ravishing Rick Rude. And he was the, the first uh, wrestler to appear on both WCW Nitro and WWF yes. Raw. So that would be an interesting story within itself. How about yeah. you, uh, Josh? No, Rick Rude, because, uh, I mean, I know the basics of Rick Rude, but not like everything. Right. I'll be more interested. Like Ultimate Warrior, I know enough of already. So it's like, I think it will still be cool, but I'm like, I'll go over it. I, I think I would agree with you guys. I mean, Adrian Adonis is one that I know a lot of wrestling fans haven't heard of, so that would also be an interesting one. So very great right. comment by uh, Scorpio on our Dark Side of the Ring review. So first up, we got to go into what we missed. And like I said at the opening with Jobber jj 49s comment, Impact Slammiversary is the number one thing that we missed this week. We had on Impact Slammiversary the returns of EC3 showing up like Thanos at the end of <laughs> Avengers Ultron at the end of Slammiversary. We had Eric Young show up in the Fatal Five-Way main event and the Motor City Machine Guns answer the open challenge of the Rascals as I predicted right here on true 83 Mm -hmm. (laughs) um eddie edwards became a new impact world champion winning the fatal five-way main event diana parazza becomes a new impact knockouts champion beating jordan grace in my opinion the best match on the show chris bay sorry so knockout is like for the females or just what is knockout yeah knockouts is their their woman's championship Thank you. Okay, carry on. <laughs> Chris Bay defeated uh, Willie Mack to become the new Impact X Division champion. And we saw the debut of Heath as well as the Good Brothers, Gallows and Anderson. And this pay-per-view was Impact's most successful pay-per-view as far as social media and was the number one trending worldwide on Saturday night. A huge week all together for Slammiversary, which we'll get into at the end of what we missed, but what was your guys' thoughts on Slammiversary and all the buzz coming out from the show? We'll start with you, our special guest, Josh. I mean, I enjoyed it, to be honest. I mean, I paid for it, so... Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, besides that, I mean, um, yeah, I enjoyed the show. Um, I mean, I I really had no issues with it. Um, even the the main event, um, I know some people weren't too pleased with Eddie Edwards winning. Um, me personally, I had no problem with it because I think um, I think Ace, I think Ace Austin maybe needs a little bit more time. I would say, mm-hmm. um, but I think overall it was a good show. I enjoyed. Yeah, I really enjoyed this uh, show from start to the beginning. I mean, they did have a couple of down moments. I would say the woman's gauntlet was rough in a lot of uh, steps. And it, and when you try comedy in an empty arena, it's like a comedian trying to make jokes in front of no crowd. Like, you missed the punchline. And... Um, <laughs> and I, I'm not going to get started on Ken Shamrock because we did enough of that on our Slammiversary oh. roundtable. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's still fighting, huh? He's still trying. He he's, he's trying stuff that he didn't even try in 1998, which is scary. Scary to watch sometimes, but Ooh. overall, the show was awesome. Uh, I would say the, the, like I said, the knockout championship match was just, in, it was great for me. Um, just the whole story of the power and strength of Jordan Grace versus the skill and submission work of Deanna Parasa just made for a great show. The main event was great. Chris Bay was probably the one guy who i haven't seen a lot of who i was most impressed by on this show like this guy is so smooth in the ring and he's so young he's only like 23 24 years old so he's got his whole future ahead of him so like uh like a lot of our comments said a lot of people coming out said they have a lot of young homegrown stars that they can build the company around so you know bringing in these ex wwe stars is great but the homegrown talent that they had on display really had me very positive for the future of Impact Wrestling. So, Chrissy, I know you weren't able to catch Slammiversary, but what was your thoughts on all the buzz that wrestling fans was talking about coming out of it? Um, Just happy to see, like, the people that was let go from WWE and now are back doing what they love to do, which is wrestle, and they had such an impact. Like, social media's buzz was, like, going crazy for... Uh, gals and the Good Brothers and EC3. Everybody was just going nuts after what I've been watching and hearing and like just excited just to see like what they're going to bring to the table now that they're on Impact. Absolutely. And definitely we will get more into the Good Brothers and their impact on this weekend. <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> For me, I mean, like the most surprising part was like all the talent that they picked up because everyone, you know, they assumed that Oh, AEW is probably gonna bank on that. And yeah. it ended up yeah. being, you know, being Impact. So, mm -hmm. you know, and Impact is usually known for not keeping talent. So, for them to get all these wrestlers, I mean, it speaks for me. It speaks volumes that they they want to be serious. You know, they they're trying to be serious about this. And, and then they get like a handful of like guys that went over there too. Yeah, I mean, it was it's it's about like five guys that were on the the Black uh, Wednesday whole listing. You know, Tommy Tommy Dreamer is also a former WWE employee as well. So it was like it, they had like a whole picture on social media with all those guys like giving the middle finger to this man and the WWE, which was a cool sight. But uh, we'll also talk about how another star made a, a his debut on Impact Wrestling this week. We'll save that for the Impact Wrestling news at the, end, <laughs> at the end of the show but it wasn't the only show for this weekend yes wwe the horror show <laughs> at extreme rules uh <laughs> we saw the swamp fight <sighs> and with our universal champion braun Strowman drowning and the appearance of the fiend or piranha Whichever whichever or you saw, I don't know. It's up to you. Uh, Drew McIntyre defended the WWE Championship against Dolph Ziggler mm -hmm. in, a, in a very good matchup that I didn't expect to be as good as it was. Yeah. Uh, Sasha wins the wins the Raw Women's title in controversial fashion over Asuka. Genius. Go ahead, finish. I, I don't understand why you're clapping because we're going to get to that what we missed. Oh, come on, come on. <laughs> So all the news. We didn't even get to the raw part yet. You're just going over what happened on the horror show. That's all. That's what we're talking for. Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura are the new SmackDown Tag Team Champions in a very good opener uh, tables match against the New Day. And, of course, 
the main talking point from the horror show at Extreme Rules, Seth Rollins pops the eye out of Rey Mysterio in the eye for an eye match. Oh my god, horrible. Go ahead. That's the best place to start off with this one. Miss Chrissy Love, what was your thoughts on the eye for an eye match? The match was great, except for that trash of an ending. Everything was good about that match. It was great. The whole eye socket thing and then Seth Rollins throwing up, just, just disgusting. You didn't throw up when you did the, la- the other eye, so what made you throw up this time? Because it's all the way out now with the fake eye, and it was, all- and it was surgically put back in? Yeah, because it was uh, it implosion of the eye or something, like a low... Russo told you. She ain't no doctor. <laughs> A, a lobe explosion or something like that. Something, yeah. some gibberish he said. Uh, yeah. Josh, what was your reaction to the ending of the eye for an eye match and Rey Mysterio's eye or a marble in his hand? I mean, I, I laughed a lot. I mean, if that was your, <laughs> it, your goal was to make people laugh. I mean, I guess they succeeded on that. Um, yeah. The match. No, the match itself wasn't bad, and that and I, and I think when it comes to that, that's what bothers me, because it was like it could without this, this stupid stipulation could have been a great match. Mm-hmm. And, and since they put in that, since they put that thing in, that's all you really saw. Like you saw, like they were first they were having a match, but then almost like the last what like fifteen minutes, it was like them just trying to get their eye out. And it was like for me, that was that was a that was more of a buzz kill than the ending for me. Like that's what it was. Mm, them trying to get get each other's eyes out. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, it, it defeat. Like you know, it takes away from like, at least for me as a fan, it takes away right. from like. Yeah, it was a great match, but then you had that. It was like. Yeah, I would say I would say I would definitely agree with Josh. The fact that the match was so well worked made me pissed off that it was an eye for an eye match like i had i would have rather them like focus the whole match on like offense on the eye if they were gonna make it an eye for an eye match because this would have been a great extreme rules match but if you're gonna make it an eye for an eye match doing lucha and stuff like that doesn't make a whole lot of sense so that was the kind of like the the jarring part of this match like like if that's what you're gonna go for it should have been like a like a brawl not a not a wrestling match. Like, yeah. That's like a whole thing for me. It just never made any sense to begin with. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because one, Rey Mysterio's not never been a brawler. Even when he's been in like very personal feuds, like Eddie Guerrero trying to steal his child, mm-hmm. he was still doing lucha in those matches. So it's yeah. like, it's like you didn't learn after the last twenty years of this guy's career. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't do this style of match. So I don't know why you're doing it. Um, Josh, I gotta ask your opinion on the swamp fight, the main event of the horror show. Do you have to? Yes, um, we gotta. We gotta hear Josh's thoughts. <laughs> Um, I mean, it was it was very boring. Like, <laughs> yeah, what they were trying to do. Um, I I I know like one of your producers was trying to say, oh, storytelling. Um, no, it it was it was trash. It was boring. Um, it was dark. It was a, It wasn't like you couldn't really see nothing either in the match. Like if you think about yeah. it, it was dark. But then like the whole thing was just it, it, it was a shit show to be honest. It was like it was a waste of time. It just seemed very convoluted and that they had ideas that 
just went over people's heads like i heard like people that did enjoy it kind of explained to me like oh braun was attacked by himself and then you know the snake represented randy orton coming into the wyatt family and then i was just like how did you get all of that because they did not make that clear at all right <laughs> at exactly. all it didn't. It was just it was um, to even tell. Yeah. Like visually, this was kind of bad. It was just all over the place, and then it ended basically with a non-finish. So it was this seen with the Velveteen Dream and um, what you call it match that that trash of a match at NXT. Yeah, I was. I would say that this uh, topped or bottomed out that one. Yeah. This is definitely <laughs> the worst. The worst cinematic match. Yeah. Their last few um, cinematic matches, it hasn't been good. It, it seems like they kind of banked on the Boneyard match, and then from there, it's kind of been like, it's yeah. kind of been, it has not been better. Like, like, if you take out the Funhouse, like the, the Firefly Funhouse match and mm -hmm. the Boneyard match, like, after that, it's like, which one is third? Like, you know, yeah. it, it, it declines after that for me. Like, it, Maybe the corporate ladder one. Other than that, everything else was, like, bad. It's, and that wasn't even literally cinematic itself, you know what I'm saying? Like, it had, like, different parts. And then, you know, they la landed on top of the building. Other than that, there was really no other good ones. It's really been a law of diminishing returns. Like, they were on an upswing with the Boneyard match and Firefly Funhouse, and then they've just been on a downward trajectory since then. So, this is just the latest example. And finally, for our Extreme Rules talk, before we get into SmackDown and Raw... Chrissy Love, do you still love the ending to the Raw Women's Title match after finding out what 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 was the reason for all of this on Raw? I mean, I still like the ending. Okay. I still like the ending. I mean, I know they're gonna have to fight each other again, but I still like the ending. I thought no. it was. I thought I thought it was really well in the moment of when it happened. I thought it was genius. All I will say before we get into to what happened on Raw, what was the final decision, I will say Sasha and Bailey's explanation for what happened was a lot better than the finish. Um, <laughs> but speaking of Sasha and Bailey, we also missed WWE, WWE SmackDown this week, over the home of SmackDown with the Lynches. We had Bailey and Sasha beat Nikki Cross and Asuka just a few days before they met those women at Extreme Rules. And in the main event, we had AJ Styles defeat Matt Riddle in a very good matchup to defend the IC, IC title. And then King Corbin attacks Riddle after the match. What are your guys' thoughts on the potential? Matt Riddle versus King Corbin rivalry. We'll start with you, Josh. Um, it's something for Riddle. I mean, like, if, that, if that's the way you're going to go, the route you're going to go to Riddle. I mean, I mean, I really don't have a problem with that. Um, but King Corbin is kind of boring, so who knows how it's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> how about you, Chrissy? Like, honestly, like, like, I'm sorry. It's so much better Like if he was the lone wolf again. Because at least that was, like, interesting. Like, he was badass. And he was actually not, a, like, he wasn't a bad wrestler. Like, he's good when when he gets carried. Like, now it's kind of like they're trying to throw these things with him as a character. And it seems like, it seems like it's not working for me. Mm. 
it just seems kind of like forced like they're forcing stuff onto him more than him coming up with something creatively off of his own persona like i think you're i think like i wasn't a huge fan of the lone wolf but i do agree with you that seemed closer to the best of who he is more than this than the the king corbin himself yeah how about you what do you think of corbin versus riddle as riddle's first main feud on the main roster I mean, it's probably going to make Riddle look good. I mean, I'm not... I think maybe AJ more than, you know, Corbin. But, you know, Corbin got to go against somebody. He's there. So you might, he might as well be utilized some kind of way. So If this is the best they can do, then why not go for it? Right. And- Let's hopefully see what happens. See how it goes. Over on WWE Raw, we had Randy Orton punt kick after defeating the Big Show. Now the Big Show has the latest legend added to his legend killer list. Stephanie McMahon made her presence known by making Sasha versus Asuka for next week to determine the new Raw Women's Championship. Yes, the Raw Women's title is up in abeyance. Whatever the hell that means. Drew Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler will also be competing next week in another WWE Championship matchup. I did like how this this developed with uh, Dolph coming out for another title shot. And, you know, the typical WWE babyface would have just, you know, taken his weak his weak response of saying oh drew you look scared and accepted the challenge drew told him told him i beat you in a match with that you chose the stipulation bugger off i laughed i laughed so much <laughs> i was like it's amazing finally. i was like finally a smart baby face in the wwe who would have thought <laughs> but this match next week for the WWE Championship, Drew McIntyre will pick the stipulation after Doc got desperate, and that was the only way Drew accepted. So, what do you, what do you guys think is going to be uh, Drew's stipulation next week? This is his last time, like get going against him for the title, probably. You think something simple like that? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. We already know Dolph is going to lose, so you know, yeah. he's not winning. Pretty so. much. I mean, uh, I can't, I'm not thinking that creative. What do you got? <laughs> Josh, what about you? I think something similar. I think it's that because, honestly, he, he already beat Dolph Ziggler in a match where Dolph Ziggler was allowed to use weapons and all this stuff. So it wouldn't make, it wouldn't make any sense if he did the same thing because he does, he proved he doesn't need to do that. to Right. <laughs> so I, I think it's something to that, to that, to, to that effect. But then also... Um, I mean, we already know Dolph is a fuller in anyway, so it's like, <laughs> at this point, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I I would love a uh, if Dolph loses, he leaves the WWE, because after the way they made him look at Extreme Rules, he is the biggest loser in WWE. Wow. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't take this man seriously. Like, he's lost to everybody on TV and pay-per-view that it makes it made no sense for him to be in a WWE title match, but to book it that way and just make him look like a bigger loser, I'm, I'm over Dolph. Oh, okay. Well, just I've been over Dolph for a while, to be honest with you. So I never was on it, but you know. Well, you, you were a little, little smarter than us. <laughs> <laughs> So, 
<laughs> the final thing that we missed this week was Impact Wrestling on Access TV. Uh, they had to find a way to keep that momentum from Slammiversary, and I think they, they accomplished their goal. In the main event, the returning Motor City Machine Guns defeated the North, ending their record-breaking tag team title reign. The North held the titles for over one year, and... Motor City Machine Guns wins their first Impact Tag Team titles for the first time in 10 years. Last time they won was in 2010. And we also had the, the official debut back or re-debut of EC3 back on Impact Wrestling as he attacked the TNA World Heavyweight Champion, the wrestling god, Moose. So that's pretty interesting, setting up an EC3 versus Moose rivalry. But what are you guys' thoughts on the Motor City Machine Guns winning the tag team titles? And more importantly, ending the tag team title reign of the North. We'll start with you, Josh. Um, I was surprised as fuck, to be honest. I thought it was just a match that they were just going to push. And then uh, the North was going to retain. So like, when I realized that... Um, that they won more city machine guns. I was like, wait, what? What just happened? Like, I mean, I had no problem with it. Um, yeah, I, 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 I thought it was a good way to bring them back in. You know, a great plus for them because a lot of people are fans of them. So it makes sense. How about you, Chrissy? Um, for the fact that I didn't see it, unfortunately. Um, but I am now intrigued about Impact, and it's all its goodies. So I am willing to like go back to watch it and see, you know, and you know, brush up to see what's happening over there on that side of town. So they did their job with Slammiversary and this week Impact. <laughs> We have our own example here of a fan that doesn't regularly watch Impact Wrestling who is now interesting. So Impact is on the rise. So this week, our top news story also has to do with Impact Wrestling. Yes, we can call, we'll probably call this episode something, something Impact related. Um, <laughs> we had on I think this was Friday evening, Saturday morning, uh, The when the clock struck midnight for Saturday, all of the WWE Black Wednesday releases were officially free agents, but mm -hmm. we are here to talk about the 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 event that happened at the, at the uh, struck of midnight, which was Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows reveal all on their Talk and Shop podcast and announce signing with Impact Wrestling. Uh, they were the first splash that came uh, from this whole ordeal with the black ones they releases the good brothers of gallows and anderson uh released their talk and shop podcast which started with them revealing they had signed with impact wrestling and would appear at slammiversary the tweet announcing this on impact's twitter is now their most successful tweet ever as far as responses and retweets in the uh talk and shop podcast gallows and anderson um were joined by new japan pro wrestling and their co-hosts on talk and shop regularly rocky romero as well as pro wrestling sheets ryan satin who is more of a a quarter quarterback as we like to call it on our round tables kind of steering the conversation for this podcast and we and we will walk through the entire timeline of gallows and anderson leaving new japan pro wrestling all the way back in 2016 all the way to now and them officially signing with impact among the things revealed gallows and anderson admitted that they were in negotiations with both aew and new japan pro 
Wrestling prior to re-signing with WWE in 2019. All Elite Wrestling had even went as far as to create an angle for their debut, which was later revealed in the podcast to be Gallows and Anderson turning on former Bullet Club members Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks to align with Chris Jericho in the inner circle. Basically, Gallows and Anderson would have had the spots of proud and powerful Santana and Ortiz. They even had a meeting with uh, AEW in Jacksonville planned, which was later canceled after Triple H convinced the two in Japan after teaming with them, ironically enough, to re-sign with the company. And Triple H specifically told them they had no idea if AEW would last that long, but WWE would always be there for them. Wow. The Good Brothers also revealed their their struggles with Paul Heyman creatively and how they feel Paul Heyman was a liar and responsible for their release as Vince McMahon did not have the Good Brothers on his initial release uh, list of talents until Paul Heyman had them on his stating that they make too much money for what they are doing. Mm. This is what led to AJ Styles asking to leave Monday Night Raw to work on SmackDown because he could not trust Paul Heyman. So we are going to start with you, Miss Chrissy Love. What are your thoughts on all that was revealed from the Talking Shop podcast and the the great response that the wrestling world has given to this and uh, Gallows and Anderson statements? The fact that that Triple H, they said that they didn't think AEW wouldn't last this long. It's hilarious. That's first of all. Um, two, like you, what do you mean you didn't think they was what well, you thought they were just gonna just like die down in like a day or something? No, <laughs> like, how, like who do you who do you think you are? You think you have like the best thing on TV? No, enough. Um, so it's like, don't get me wrong, like. We have brands that we can like switch back and forth to. That's the whole point of having wrestling. Wrestling is supposed to be everything that people love. It's supposed to be not just, you can't be the only person. It's supposed to be a, like a community that we can all be a bond with and share the love of wrestling. You don't have to be the only one that provides us wrestling. You don't have to take every single talent that's right. out in the wrestling world, right. WWE. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's, that's one too. Shame on uh, Paul Heyman. Like, come on, dude. That's very disappointing to hear. Um, don't make me have to put you on a scumbag list with Tessa Blanchard. Um, <laughs> that, um, very, very disappointing. I, I feel really, I'm, I'm really sad that like they even had to go. But you know what? So, bigger things to happen for them. And you know what? They needed to let, be let go and go on to do bigger and better things. They don't have to be with, you know, WWE. Absolutely. Josh, what was your thoughts on the podcast? I mean, overall, it was great. Like, I love both guys talking, like, and, and the, the way they were, too, it wasn't like they were bashing anything. They were being honest with everything they were, they were coming forward with. They weren't angry. You could see they were laughing the whole time. Like, they were having a good time. So it wasn't like, you know, I, I don't think they were very angry about it, you could tell. Um, you know, when, when they spoke about it, when they went into detail, you know, Anderson said that he was more upset than Gallows about it. <laughs> um, but then also about like how the call happened when he was explaining like, oh, I was with my kids and when they, Vince McMahon sent out a, a video of letting talent know 
that there was going to be some cuts because of everything that's going on. So in their minds, Gallows and Anderson, they were fine. They were safe because they just signed a big contract. So mm-hmm. they had all of a sudden, um, what's his name? Steve Carano called them. And he was yeah. like, no. he was like, you kidding me. And that's how he found out about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So they were all shocked about it. Um, as in the firing themselves, I mean, you know, me and said, you know, we, me and him had had a conversation about that because about the um, dumb bearing um, Paul Heyman uh, about it. Um, the only thing I could really say about when it comes to that, I mean, we already know Paul Heyman is a liar. That's that's nothing new. A bunch of people yeah. have always said that Paul Heyman is a liar. Yeah, that's always been the word about Paul Heyman, like. Because a lot of fans, the thing is that a lot of fans, when they see him on TV, they like they praise him, which you know, right. give, yeah. you know he cuts great promos. But if you're somebody who follows behind the scenes, like then you know, like oh yeah, Paul Heyman, he's a piece of shit. So mm-hmm. I mean, and this so, is even like people like Tommy Dreamer who praises Paul Heyman for his genius. He uh, admits that Heyman lied to him on his last couple of months with ECW, and he wasn't paid. So, like, this is Paul Heyman being a liar. It's not a newsflash. But I'm sorry, Josh. <laughs> I mean, when it when it comes to all of that, I think Paul Heyman had a big part of it. But I mean, of course, you know, Vince could have stopped it, like you said. Vince oh, really? Um. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I think what I think it was a situation where, where he gave Paul Heyman a job title, and Paul Heyman, you know, went with it. So he wanted to trust him as an employee. You know, he wanted to trust his word, even though there was people on Paul Heyman's list that this man didn't cut either. So it was like that hasn't been revealed. It hasn't been revealed who was on that list as well. But I mean, that is confirmed that you know he had people on the list. Um, and they're still hot. They're, they're still employees. So at the end of the day, we still don't know when it comes to that. But I mean, it's very obvious that Paul Heyman was not in favor of Gallows and Anderson because there's there were several incidents where, when it comes to storylines, when it, when it comes to like storylines, they questioned it. They're like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, and yeah, Paul but- Heyman, um, a fucking bullshit line. Like, oh, this is not going to hurt you guys in any way, form. But then it's like, but it did. Because for a month, what happened to them? Remember when they won the titles? They they were champions for less than a month. Yeah. And then what happened? Like what happened after that? So it was like, so I mean, when it came to that, like it was very obvious. Like yeah, they weren't pointing guys, and like that that's the sad part because these two guys they're great. They're, they're they're a great tag team. They work great yeah. together. I think that's why this is a big deal. I'm going to Impact because um, they could have gone to AEW. They could have gone to New Japan, even though their current deals with Impact are allowing them to work with New Japan when everything goes back to normal. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, overall, when it, when it comes to the podcast, you know, I thought it was great. I, th- I thought both guys, you know, they did a great job getting their points across, um, speaking how they really felt, you know, gals saying, you know, that Heyman is a piece of shit and a liar. <laughs> so. Gallows did not hold back any type of punches on this podcast. I loved Gallows so much. 
Um, but you you make excellent excellent points. I mean, I would definitely like to talk more about the AEW side of this whole thing with the negotiations that went down between the two sides. And then, um, what did you what would you guys would have thought if Gallows and Anderson showed up on the premiere episode of Dynamite to join Chris Jericho in the inner circle? We'll start with you, Chrissy. Uh, I'm going to fan out with another great faction. I love good faction. Love it. Um, that's what makes me love wrestling. So, I mean, I'm happy. I wouldn't have been happy for them either way. But, yeah, the fan out with them being over there on Impact. Because it's like, it's, it's another saying, like, F you to WWE. Because it's like, that's the one that they're, like, worried about. But they're not so worried about. So, you know, it, it would have been, like, a good, like, you know, sticking it to them. But I'm happy that they're somewhere where they can thrive and be and make that 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 brand big. I agree with you guys. I'm very happy for them to be on Impact Wrestling and I think their addition to Impact Wrestling has moved Impact into like the second best tag team division in all of pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. But but them letting us know what that angle was going to be for AEW totally made me set unrealistic expectations for their debut on impact and their debut on impact came off lackluster because of that do you agree josh yeah i agree um to be honest their 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 debut on anniversary. i mean me personally i didn't expect much you know um i was kind of glad it wasn't it wasn't during the north match because like i think that would have been too obvious so, I mean, them suiting up, like, I, I had no problem with it because, I mean, I expected them to show up some way, somehow, because they did say it when it hit midnight. Oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to be at Um, I mean, I mean, besides that, um, when, when they talked about the thing about AEW, when I heard that, I was like, ah, like, that shit. <laughs> so, but honestly, to be honest, I think everything worked out because I think yeah. Santana and Ortiz are a better fit for Inner Circle. Yeah. Because, because of how you know how loose J- Chris Jericho is as a character, because you know mm-hmm. he does like comedy stuff, he does like you know he just says a lot of outrageous shit. That it works well with Santana Ortiz that they're yeah. just being themselves. So I mean, overall, I mean, it would have been dope to see them like on that debut episode. I think that would have been like that would have been insane. But I think overall, it worked out. Yeah. In my opinion, at least. Yeah, and I think um, Santana and Ortiz fit the roles better because Santana and Ortiz with the inner circle, they're basically heaters for Jericho. Mm -hmm. And if Gallows and Anderson were heaters for Jericho, people would be like, well, they're doing the same thing they were doing in WWE for AJ Styles. Right. you know, there is a subsection, a minority of fans that's like, oh, you know, Santana and Ortiz were the best tag team in Impact Wrestling, and now they're just some regular tag team always jobbing out and on AEW, and they neglect the fact to recognize that Santana and Ortiz main evented at Double or Nothing. They've defeated right. the Young Bucks. Like, they are have accomplished things in, in AEW. People just like to focus on the here and the now with... And just ignore everything else around it, and you know that's that's, that's just that. yes, that's, that's just the wrestling right. community. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like not only that, but like both guys are fine with what, what they're at. like because because you know they have a lot of fans, you know, going on Twitter, you know, they complain about shit. Oh, why you guys are not going after the titles, or why they don't have you guys do this? And then you see like the, the responses, they're like, like shut up, like we're just we're enjoying what we're doing, like. 
fun. Like, no. don't they look like they have fun all the time? Like that group of guys that's together, they put the right group of guys together. I don't know whose idea it was, but they look like they thoroughly are good group of guys that are actually like friends outside of this. Yeah. 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 And then even on top of that, if you think about it, like, you know, you have Guevara, then you have um, Santana Ortiz. Those are three guys who were indie guys. Mm -hmm. yeah. They were indie guys. And I mean, now they're hanging out with, now they're with Chris Jericho. You know, imagine how they feel about that. Like, it's like, this is somebody that we idolized. Yeah. Like, now we're with him. It's the same yeah. way part of he is with Matt Hardy. Like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. It's like mentor and then, you know, the people that are there to like, you know, learn and to like, you know, they've been doing this for so long. So they can like, we can show you a few things. I'm not going to tell you, but I can at least show you a few of these things of this business. Exactly. Yeah. And Santana and Ortiz is so young. Like they could still, they have, they have plenty of time for all of that. My, my next question going back to the, the podcast is, I'll start with you, Chrissy. Do you think Yalos and Anderson have a legitimate claim to put all the blame solely on Paul Heyman for their release? Because like Josh said, Heyman had them on his list, but Heyman also had other people. So at the end of the day, in my opinion, it all comes down to one person, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Yeah, I, I was about to say, um, Josh said it, it, but Vince never did anything. That's exactly it. It's all, I don't blame... Paul Hammond, he probably had a part of it, but at the end of the day, the boss man was the man that could have said, you know what, maybe I, I like these guys, they can stay. You had the right to say yes or no, but you didn't do that. Exactly. So I, it, it's just rough. It, that was like the only part of this whole podcast that was rough for me to get my hands around, uh, my head around. I would agree with Josh. This podcast was awesome. It's definitely the must listen to podcast of 2020 for wrestling fans. Right up there with the Moxley on Talk is Jericho. Um, yeah, and he, that was, yeah, that's another good one. And, and I think the reason why they felt that way about Point Heyman is because, like, when Eric, like, if you think about it, like, if you really rewatch it, and like all the issues they already have with Paul Heyman, then you kind of understand why they put the blame on Paul Heyman, at least for me, because um, because there were times when, you know, Paul Heyman would be nice to them, and then they really, they said to themselves, like, wow, okay, we are, we, we are Paul Heyman guys. So they had that, so, so, so they really thought they had that respect from him, and then when they, when all those little things happened with, like, you know, their booking, with them showing up, or, like, even the last, the last minute, um, well, for Raw, that apparently they they weren't on the show at all, and then like 25 minutes before the show, they they, they get a text saying like, "Oh, we need you guys back in because you're going to be in the first segment." And then it turns out him and him and freaking Gallows and Anderson they get squashed by by, by Drew McIntyre. Yep. Like in a way, I can understand why they felt that because it's like it just looks bad. Mm -hmm. It looks bad, but. Of course, at the end of the day, it is Vince McMahon's call. Like, that that I never denied. That's always, like, you know, he had yeah. a say in that. But I think it was one of those things that if he's, if somebody else is saying, if somebody else is going along with it, saying it, he's going to go with it. And then all the heat is going to be thrown at, at that person. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love I love the whole story of them explaining that AJ went to an employee of Vince McMahon who said it was Paul Heyman, then went to Vince McMahon himself 
who said it was Paul Heyman because AJ already had the story that he thought it was Paul Heyman. So Vince was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, I don't, he worked on my list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Paul Heyman. And, uh, but then on top of that, there was somebody that he went to first. Like he didn't, they didn't name, and then you know, of course, they're not gonna name everybody because you know that could be their ass. Exactly. But, yeah, but apparently AJ went to this individual. Like, oh, was this, um, was this Paul Heyman inspired? And the guy told him yes. So he went to Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman tells him no, he had nothing to do with it. That he would have bat for those guys. He got my word. I didn't <laughs> do it. Then AJ goes back to that same guy he went to the first time, and the guy tells him again, yes, it was Paul Heyman. And then that's when he went to Vince McMahon. And then Vince McMahon told him, like, they weren't on my list, but Paul Heyman was the one that suggested it. <laughs> so, wow. Like, just just, just <laughs> it's, it's, this This podcast definitely took a hit on Paul Heyman's reputation. And then... Yeah. My final question or final words from you guys. Do you believe WWE will regret not using the Good Brothers better? Chrissy? Absolutely. Absolutely. Josh? <laughs> Josh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think definitely they're gonna find success in Impact Wrestling. Um, I think it's only a matter of time before they become tag team champions there, and we will see what they can really do as tag team champions in Impact, which will show WWE if they made the wrong choice or not. So, not only they're going back to Impact, but now once New Japan runs regularly, they're gonna be in New Japan. Yep. <laughs> so they're going to have two places to prove the WWE wrong. Not looking good. <laughs> so this is some of you guys' favorite part of our podcast. It is time to break down the ratings for week 42 of the yeah. Wednesday Night War. I know I said week 40 at the beginning of the show. I don't know why I said that. It's week 42 of the Wednesday Night War. This is where we break down the uh, lineups for AEW and NXT. We give you the ratings and we let you know what we thought was the better show for the week. Of course, if you don't like our opinions, you guys can check out Wednesday Night Warriors right here on our True Hill Heat YouTube channel. It should have dropped on Friday this week. It usually drops on Thursday, but the guys had needed an extra a little bit more time to absorb this week's uh edition of both shows or romeo needed more time to come up with reasons why <laughs> nxt was better um so we gotta get to the ratings first miss chrissy love hit the drums so for week 42 of the wednesday night war aew dynamite averages 845,000 viewers to WWE NXT's 615,000 viewers. Yes, AEW wins by a margin of 215,000 viewers. One of their biggest marks of winning uh, the Wednesday Night Wars in quite some time. WWE NXT this week had NXT champion Keith Lee relinquishes the NXT North American Championship. 
We will get to that as William Regal institutes a series which will decide who will become or who will compete in a ladder match at NXT TakeOver 30 to determine the new NXT North American champion. Bronson Reed defeats Roderick Strong and Johnny Gargano to be the first man to qualify for the ladder match. Mercedes Martinez hires our good friend Robert Stone after Robert Stone was tragically almost murdered again by Shotzi Blackheart's tank. And in the main event, Karrion Cross destroys Dominic Dijakovic right in front of Keith Lee, adding some personal vendetta between the two men. Absolutely wonderful. Go ahead. AEW Dynamite had the return of Sammy Guevara to reunite with the Erna Circle, helping them defeat the Jurassic Express. We had, in my eyes, the best answer to Cody's open challenge for the TNT Championship as New York City independent wrestling pioneer Eddie Kingston answers the call, cuts a scathing promo that rips apart Cody and Arn Anderson, and then competes in a brutal no-disqualification match. Uh, we had the Young Bucks go all over Daly's place with the Butcher and the Blade in a crazy Falls Count Anywhere match. Mr. Brody tries to recruit Hangman Page, which leads to a Dark Order beatdown interrupted by FTR, and mm-hmm. AEW announces the women's tag team cup for this summer so we will start with our special guest josh what was the better show for the week i mean the only show i watched again was AEW. so oh wow okay well there you go that's i mean there's your answer right there look at his shirt honestly but even i mean even besides that like i had like i heard no buzz from nxt like that's why i was like they they try to tease this whole huge announcement from William Regal, so everyone assumed that oh, well, yeah, they, they assumed that he was gonna step down. Everyone was like, oh, please don't, please don't leave NXT, please don't leave it. And then it turns out, oh, Keith Lee is relinquishing his title that he that he's had for months, and when and the winner takes ball that two weeks ago just to drop it. It's like what? What was the point of this? <laughs> he might have given it to the Volkovich last week. You know, like I would have, I would have rather him. I would have rather that. I would have rather him hand the title to his best friend Dominic Dijakovic. <laughs> which even made no, which it didn't even make more sense because it was like, all right, he had a match for both titles, like all right, I'm against like against him, and then all of a sudden. He's gonna relinquish his title the week after. It's like, what just happened? Like, what was the what was the point of Great American Bash? Right. Like, um, I think we all know the real point was to counter program, and they basically told us this with that opening segment of NXT this week. But Miss Chrissy Love, what was your better show for the week? Um for me, I enjoyed both shows, but if I do have to pick one, um, I'm going to go with AEW. Um, for the fact of the opener was great. They brought back thumbtacks. I mean, like, wow. <laughs> um, that was amazing. Um, and then the ending, Sammy Guevara coming back, which was amazing. I was so excited. I fanned out. Like, I was so happy. It was great. You're willing to accept Sammy returning after 
you know his uh, the reason for his suspension. I I told you when the whole situation happened that I'm happy that he stood up and he apologized. He spoke with Sasha. He did everything that he was supposed to do. He was younger back then. He knew what he did and he reflected on it and he apologized and he knew what he had to do to make it right. And that's what he did. Fair, 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 fair. So I am the deciding factor. Are we going to get one vote for NXT this week? No, I'm sick of being the, the lone person out disagreeing what? with you guys. So, yes, I agree. AEW Dynamite was the better show this week. Honestly, in my eyes, it was the better show from the yeah. opening minute with Eddie Kingston coming out. Eddie Kingston uh, paid off on all the hype that surrounded who was going to answer Cody's open challenge this week. Uh, you had Tony Khan hype it on Twitter, who is known for hyping up announcements that fall short we had john moxley <laughs> hype it on espn radio as well so there was a lot of hype surrounding it and eddie kingston definitely delivered on it this was just weeks after him cutting the promo on cody at icw and then that promo that he cut threatening to gouge the eyes out of arn anderson just i was just like even if you're not a fan of Eddie Kingston, you've never heard of the guy before, he sold himself with his words before he even got in the ring. So that was yeah. beautiful. And he created an out for himself for the match very smoothly. I think he did it on like a dive. After the dive, he started, you know, uh, flexing out his knee. It's like his knee got like tightened up on that move. And that was like the, the thread that got us to the end of the match where Cody just uh, got slapped by Eddie and then just went on a slap fest and just like, I'm sick of you. Slap, slap, slap. And then locked him, <laughs> in, the, locked him in the figure four. But yeah, the spot of the night on both shows was definitely Eddie powerbombing Cody into the thumbtacks, which looked brutal. Yes, um, very I much. I really enjoyed the Young Bucks versus Butcher and the Blade. That was a lot of fun. I also uh, really enjoyed the main event between Jurassic Express and uh, Jericho and Hager. Over on NXT, the triple threat match between Bronson Reed, uh, Roger Strong, and Johnny Gargano was a whole lot of fun. Probably the best match of the night on that show. Karrion uh, Cross, I felt like it was half match and half angle. From the moment that Karrion Cross kicked that steps into Dominic Dijakovic's face, it became more of an angle to hype up the feud of Cross and Lee more than a match to showcase Dominic Dijakovic and Karrion Cross. That's not a criticism of it. It was actually very effective, and it really put over Karrion Cross as the new top heel on NXT. So they did a great job with that. There was a lot to like from this episode of NXT, but there was a lot that was just filler. The Breezango, even though I love the Mountie Edris, but them versus Everrise, that is filler personified. Um, Shotzi Blackheart versus Aaliyah, even though that had been built up with the interactions between Shotzi and Robert Stonebrand, that was pretty much a filler. If it wasn't for the post-match with Mercedes Martinez, it would have been 100% filler. But Shotzi they did... First of all, they love her that she drives in on a tank and she ran over the man twice. Who wouldn't love Shotzi Blackheart? Shotzi is awesome. And uh, 
I just love her interactions with Robert Stone, and I hope that that little feud between her and the Robert Stone brand continues now that Mercedes Martinez is involved. And I like that little interaction between Mercedes and Robert Stone. Both yeah. shows were were pretty good to to really good, but AEW was just the stronger show. And for a week where you know either show wasn't really hyped up, it wasn't any type of special show. I think that AEW definitely delivered this week. Did they win last week? Yes, they've won two weeks in a row now, but this is the biggest margin of victory for AEW so far. Okay. So, we had WWE news. Uh, the Naomi, the hashtag Naomi deserves better hashtag oh. uh, gained a lot of traction on Twitter this week after Naomi's two-minute loss to Lacey Evans on SmackDown, which Booker T responded with, no one deserves opportunities. So what was your thoughts on the big uh traction that happened as far as uh the hashtag naomi deserves better we had hollywood stars such as um kiki uh, i think it was kiki yeah kiki uh barber actually commented on it saying that she wants to play naomi in a movie uh people yeah people from from all over all parts of wrestling commented on naomi and said that she deserves better and she deserves to be a champion and you know to have a famous black wrestler a famous hall of famer in booker t kind of go against that definitely is is a a little bit of a sticking point what was your thoughts on both of those uh situations i'll start with you chrissy so pretty much booker t said that she deserves better no booker t said no one deserves opportunities he doesn't get the whole hashtag and stuff like that because people he said people earn opportunities they don't deserve opportunities is that right booker t Hmm. and how long did it take you to get your opportunity now (laughs) <laughs> took took him about ten years in WCW. <laughs> That's saying, um, I I agree that Naomi does deserve be- better. Um, I, first of all, we shouldn't have the women's division having karaoke matches on SmackDown. That's first of all, um, which is just ridiculous that they would even do such a thing and have her own husband like be the special guest host. Like really, or her um, her brother in law. I mean, her brother in law. Yes, I'm sorry, her brother in law. Anywho. It, it's, huh? I, know, I said I, I didn't know who was who anyway. So it was like, <laughs> I, I figured I'd help. <laughs> um, it, it, she definitely does deserve some type of like recognition. Not even recognition, but she should be like one of the women that should get some type of play or some type of like you know work against the other women because you, you, she just came back not too long ago. So you would think they'd like put her kind of there but we've been like having just charlotte bailey sasha becky all we've had those main four girls like you know thrown to us if you want to say thrown down our throats and we've have accepted them i have been one of them but i do want to see other girls excel and be be given they all can wrestle they wouldn't be there if they couldn't do this and if y'all didn't trust them they wouldn't have jobs so why is it that we're making the women do silly karaoke bits or silly you know crap you know skits and foolishness where they should be wrestling they are women like we have a women's division you you guys built off of a whole big women's division but yet we're not using the women's division we can barely get them on in a segment and you're using them for karaoke like whose idea was that 
you should be fired. I'm sorry. <laughs> like we're not here to do karaoke. We, they can go to a bar and do that after outside and drink and have fun in real life than to do it on TV and to like get all dolled up and we gotta sing in front of you guys. Like that's ridiculous. So yeah, she should be used better. Most of the women that's on the roster should be used way better, but they don't do so. So Josh, what's your thoughts on the Naomi deserves better and Booker T's reaction to it? I mean, when it comes to Booker T's reaction, um, I'm not really surprised by it. Um, it's not the first time he's done he's done so. Right. You know, a lot, of, a lot of people just t- take it as, oh, a 10 drinking WWE's Kool-Aid. Um, I don't think it's really that. I really think he really means what he says because mm-hmm. this is not, you know, he's done, he has said things before this, you know, while not being in WWE. So it's not like, this is not nothing new. It's just that now he's on a bigger platform that people get, you know, that they get to listen to. In regards to Naomi about like the whole hashtag thing, I mean, does she does she deserve better? I mean, you could say she does, but so does a lot of other talent that's in WWE. They deserve better. I'm like, what what you know what excludes her from everyone else in the company? You know, and, that, and that's always been like that's how I look at it when it when it comes to that. Because I mean, because if you want to talk about deserving better, I mean, you know, I'm not gonna pretend that Natalia has been treated worse over the time that she's been in WWE compared yeah. to. I mean, Naomi, the thing is, is that a lot of people thinking that when it, when it comes to, to Naomi, um, they're thinking that, you know, she's never got an opportunity. I mean, three years ago, she was, she, she was a women's champion. She won the women's title to, uh, twice in one year. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah. mean, she's got, she's, she's gotten plenty of, of, of opportunity. I think what, what, what it comes down to when it comes to Naomi is that there's things that she still lacks in that she has not gotten better at. She's not a good talker. Like, let's be honest about that. Heel or babyface, she's never been a good talker. And w- once you lack that, then it's like, you, you know how it goes in WWE. When you're not a good talker, then you're probably not going to get a spot or something. Something is not going to go well for you. Mm. Um, so, I mean, o- overall, I think it's one of those things that, you know, a lot of people are saying that, yeah, she deserves better. But then we also got to see the bigger picture that, Plenty of other talent and WWE deserve better. I mean, Ricochet deserves better, and look, look, look how he's been dealt with. Mm-hmm. That's the fact. Um, Cedric Alexander, same thing. Like, there's a lot of guys, like uh, even guys, guys and girls. There's been a lot of them that deserve better. So I mean, when it when it comes to that, I mean, that's how I look at it. It's like, yeah, one individual deserves, but then there's a bunch of others in that company alone that deserve better. Yeah, I just, it was kind of very jarring and put into perspective people's way of thinking about wrestling because I saw a lot of people mention the length of time that Naomi had um, been with the company as like, oh, you know, she's been with the company this long and she hasn't been given the opportunities that she deserves and she's able to like uh, transfer over into a different market. Well, Zack Ryder did that and Zack Ryder was with the company longer and he's not even employed anymore um Cesaro has done that for years Cesaro has been one of the best performers on the WWE roster and he's never even gotten a shot at the WWE championship 
Um, and then you you look at that, and then look at Naomi. Naomi became the SmackDown Women's Champion in 2017. The next in the match that she won the title, she got injured, and. In retrospect, you look at somebody like Finn Balor. Finn Balor got injured in his match that he won the Universal title. And it took them, what, two years to get him his next title shot? Naomi gets injured in the match. She wins the SmackDown Women's title match. She comes back a month later and then wins the SmackDown Women's title again at WrestleMania in her hometown. Mm. Why are we complaining about Naomi? Like I, I, that I, I am like I understand she got a lot of attention on Twitter, social media, to even in parts of Hollywood for her return at at the Royal Rumble this year. I understand all of that. That's all fine and dandy, but there is a laundry list of WWE superstars, male and female, that deserve better. And I feel like Naomi has gotten her just due for the work that she put in with those with those test SmackDown tag team those SmackDown women's title reigns in 2017. You can say Naomi deserves another opportunity, but don't tell me Naomi deserves better when I feel that she has gotten better than a lot of others. And, and, and even on top of that, um, the people that they were speaking on Twitter about it. There was even people that were saying, like, oh, I don't watch wrestling, so I don't know what's going on, but they're going to support her. And it's like, how can you support something that you don't even know what's exactly? Yep. And it's like, that's that's the other thing that was kind of like, you know, that was like annoying about the situation. This is like, I mean, it's kind of like when you talk about wrestling, right? If there's a company that you don't like and then you bash it and you don't watch it, how are you speaking about it? How can yeah. you speak about something you don't follow or watch? And that's how I took it when there was people literally saying, oh, I don't watch wrestling. I don't know about this, but I'm going to support her anyway. And it's like, what? <laughs> you going to support something you don't follow? What? Like, you're, you're not really helping either case at right. all. <laughs> <laughs> so, other WWE news, we had Eric Young shoots hard on Busted Open Radio on the WWE as he said the system is broken in WWE and how they want every everyone to do everything the same. So you definitely, if you haven't heard Eric Young's uh, comments, it's definitely damning on WWE and their system behind the scenes. He had a lot of comments on it, so definitely check that out. Um, AJ Styles is also shooting hard, but of course... It's still about Paul Heyman. He's talking about Paul Heyman on his Twitch feed again, saying that he knew so many co-workers despise Paul Heyman for all of his lies. And WrestleVotes reports that Evolve and WXW will be coming to the WWE Network by the end of 2020. And in our final bit of WWE news, Kyrie Sane has apparently had her final date with WWE after this week's Raw TV taping. And But she will be appearing on Raw next week as that uh, episode of Raw was taped this past week. So are you guys sad to finally see Kyrie Sane, Kyrie Sane go? I'm going to miss the little pirate girl. It's not right. I mean, I, you know, it, I mean I'm, I'm sure it's going to be awful good. Like, she's going to go do bigger and better things. Like, it, it, everything all happens for a reason. And, you know, she she's, sees herself where she can be used somewhere else. And she's like, I got to go. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, I don't know about that. You know, I think I'm more happy that the fact that, you know, she's she's leaving on her own terms. 
you know, she's going back home, you know, I'm ha- I'm more happy about that than anything. Mm. She I wasn't being, yeah. wasn't being used well on the main roster anyway. You know, right. like, I, you know, like, her Asuka being attacked, I, I thought that was great, like, for a while, but at the same time, it was kind of like, you know, they became a comedy bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, and when they, you know, once again, you talk about people deserving better. She was she was one of them that deserved better. So definitely <laughs> deserved better for sure. Facts and like they didn't even really give the Kabuki Warriors a push until they turned two of the most popular women on their roster heel. Mm-hmm. So that says enough about WWE. Um, right. <laughs> AEW news we had Eric Bischoff had a very insightful interview with AEW president Tony Khan on his podcast and on this week's episode of his podcast he says that he has a lot more respect for Khan after the conversation Khan in in particular mentioned that AEW would not be on TNT today without the contributions of Eric Bischoff during the the Nitro era so that was very nice thing for Khan to tell Bischoff. Yeah. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling news. We had Switchblade Jay White tease his return to New Japan Pro Wrestling, and he teased coming back on Saturday's New Japan Pro Wrestling Sagoyo Lord via his Twitter page with a, a picture of just um, outside the window of an airplane saying 725. <laughs> Ring of Honor news, we had Brody King breaks away from Villain Enterprises via a promo on their Bell to Bell series. This follows all the allegations against Villain Enterprises uh, leader, Marty Scrawl. So that might be something that we talk about on later episodes of True Hill Heat to find out the reason why Brody King has broken away. And then our final bit of of news is Impact Wrestling. Once again, our theme for this episode, uh, the rest Wrestler formerly known as Kurt Hawkins, now known as his official name, Brian Myers, had a debut vignette on this week's uh, episode of Impact Wrestling. A very interesting uh, vignette where uh, Myers mentioned all the things that people backstage for WWE would say to him. What did you think about the vignette for Myers, Josh? Um, I thought it was pretty awesome, to be honest. I thought it was great for him. I mean, because... Kurt Hawkins has been taken as a joke for years, you know. And if anybody that that follows like independent wrestling or anything like that, you you know that this guy, you know, he helped he helped a lot of talent. Mm. You know, he he's one of those that you know you see him on TV and all taken as a joke. It sucks to see because I'm like he does so many great things outside of the ring. Like, you know, his own, like, you know, and uh, where he lives at and on Long Island. He does so, so many great things. So I thought it was pretty cool, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, some people, you know, neglect to mention the fact that him and Pat Buck are responsible for one of the best heels in the business, MJF. They they were a part of training training MJF, and I think that's like the biggest, one of the biggest things Myers has accomplished uh, in the wrestling industry is all the guys that he has trained. 
that ends our news for this edition of True Heel Heat. Uh, we only have one big show this weekend, this Saturday, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Sengoku Lord. This is their first big show since uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Dominion and the fallout from all of that with Evil becoming the new IWGP Intercontinental and Heavyweight Champion on this uh, big show. This, this won't be one of their major shows. Sengoku Lord is something that a show that they introduced last year, but it's one of their B-level shows because it has a a couple of big matches on the card and i'm going to get the predictions from miss chrissy love and josh here to <laughs> The other matches that will be on the card, though, are Taji Ishimori of the Bullet Club versus Yura Yuramura of the Young Lions, uh, Rasuko Taguchi, Tomiya, uh, Tomiyako uh, Honma, Toge Makabe, and Kojima will team to verse Tomiyuri Ishii, Toriyano, Yoda Suji, and Gabriel Kidd. We'll have the Chaos Trio of Sho, Yoshihashi, and Hiroki Goto versus L.I.J., Tensuya Naito, Sanai. And Bushi will have Koto Bushi, um, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Master Wado, Tenzan, and Nagata team diverse the Suzuki Gun team of Zack Sabre Jr., Taishi, Minoru Suzuki, Kanamaro, and yes, my least favorite, Dookie. But the top three matches, yes, his name is Dookie. His name is Dookie. Wow. Okay. That's why I love. <laughs> <laughs> his, his, his name pretty much is his um my description for him in the ring. So uh, moving on. Uh top three matches have a little bit of storyline interest in it. Our first match is gonna be the Rainmaker, Kazuka Okada, going one-on-one with the Bullet Club's Yujiro Takahashi. Yujiro Takahashi, along with Gato, Taji Ishimori, uh, were the Bullet Club members that interviewed in the finals of the New Japan Cup 2020, which cost Okada the victory over evil. Yujiro Takahashi is also the man that turned his back on Chaos years ago to join the Bullet Club, which cost Okada his title against AJ Styles. So Takahashi has had the number of Okada costing him big wins over the last couple of years, and this is their first big matchup one-on-one. So who wins? Pimp Juice versus the Rainmaker. We'll start with you, Josh. I'll go with the Rainmaker. There's no... Not about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chrissy, who you got? <laughs> as well. <laughs> this is an easy one to predict. If you guys didn't see our New Japan Cup 2020 roundtable, you could pause this video and go watch it right now. I'll wait. <laughs> and you can hear us talk about our reaction to Yujiro Takahashi and Okada feuding. We also talked about it on our Dominion roundtable. And you could check that out as well right now. <laughs> and uh, yes, I'm not happy about this feud at all But yes, I think this is going to be an easy win for Okada over Yujiro Our second big matchup of the evening, the semi-main event Will be for the Never Open Weight Championship As Shingo Tagagi will defend the title against uh, Suzuki Gun's El Desperado Shingo won against Sho in the best match of the weekend at New Japan Pro Wrestling Dominion And then after the match, El Desperado attacked him and stole the Never Open Weight Championship So who wins this matchup between uh, two junior heavyweights that are trying to move up to the heavyweight division who you got? Shingo versus El Despi. We'll start with you, Chrissy. I have Shingo. 
You got Shingo getting the victory here. That's a good choice. Josh? I'm going with Shingo. Shingo across the board here. El Despi is my guy. I am very conflicted here, but uh, I just think that Shingo Takagi is one of the best champions that New Japan has had in quite some time. And he's actually building up the prestige of the Never Open Weight title for sure. Uh, so finally, there is the main event of the evening. This one is a lot of people is looking forward to as Evil will defend the New Japan, the uh, IWGP dual gold, the heavyweight and intercontinental championships against his former LIJ stablemate, the IWGP junior heavyweight champion, Hiromu Takahashi. It was back at... At Dominion, Evil, now a member of the Bullet Club, defeated Tensuyo Naito and bloodied him uh, with the help of Dick Togo and the Bullet Club. It was Hiromu Takahashi who was the only member of LIJ that came out for the save. And then his dramatic scream at the end of the show, which has become a gif and a meme around the wrestling world. And I, I love it every single time I see it. So who you got? Evil versus Hiromu. Josh, I will I will wait for your prediction. First, I want to hear what, you, what was your reaction to Evil's uh, heel turn? Uh, to be honest, I thought it was great. I know a lot of people were like confused. A lot of people complained about that, um, you know, he doesn't fit Bullet Club, but I'm like, he doesn't fit LIJ either, so it was like, I was fine with it. I thought it was a great swerve, because I, I didn't expect it, even though they've teased it over the, you know, for a while, they teased, like, his tension with, with the group, but I thought, like, everything, I thought it was perfect. You know, like, the whole hand gesture, they needed to do the two sweet. I thought it was perfect. Um, for then to top it off with him winning, that was even like, oh, shit, like, they're really doing this? Like, <laughs> to be honest, a lot of people, people they were conflicted by it, but I just like the fact that New Japan, like, they just, like, went with it. So what is your prediction, Horomo versus Evil for Sengoa Lord? Uh, evil retain. Evil to retain. Uh, Miss Chrissy Love? Um, Bullet Club, right? Evil. Yes. Yes. Bullet Club for the win. Yep. I'm just going by more history with New Japan because, you know, they usually don't switch their titles this soon after, like, a big event like that. So I'm going by with that. I mean, I want Takahashi to win, but I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm just going to go with that. This is another tough one for me to predict because Hiromu Takahashi right now is my favorite guy in New Japan. Like I've said on this podcast before, Okada is the GOAT. Will Ospreay may be the best wrestler in the world, but the best character on New Japan Pro Wrestling right now is Hiromu Takahashi. And his response and the way he's been trying to play mind games with evil. I just saw uh, New, J New Japan Road, which was on Monday. He started off the match by taking off his jacket and he had on a Bullet Club shirt. Hiromu. So 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 the he was in a tag team match with his other members of LIJ. So they both the other members looked at him like, wait, what? And then he just he just went straight after evil and started choking him with the shirt. So it's just that type of character work where I'm lit I'm watching a, a show that has nothing but Japanese commentary. So I just have to see everything to know the story and they tell it so well. So that's why mm -hmm. New Japan so beautiful. But I'm gonna go with evil to retain. And I do believe Shansuyo Naito will get back 
the dual gold and he will be the man to defeat evil. That is my prediction here. Okay. So our final segment for this edition of True Heel Heat is of course Impact Wrestling because that's been the theme for this edition of True Heel Heat. So we've been doing a lot of rankings and lists to uh, top off on these not so busy weeks of wrestling where we don't have to preview a whole bunch of shows. So myself, Miss Chrissy Love, and Josh put together a little list of our top five best new uh top five best tna or impact wrestling matches of all time so mm-hmm. i will get first ask josh was it hard for you to kind of think of these matches because i know for me after like two it was kind of difficult because tna has had such different histories throughout its uh whole it's been around for 18 years so it's had times where it's been the least talked about promotion it's had times where it's been the number one alternative to wwe so well, how hard was it for you to come up with five matches it was it was more like impossible i think we needed each other to come up with it <laughs> yeah even with that, like even the more that, that that we spoke about it, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like that's I started remembering matches like that. To be honest, yes, for sure. How about you, Chrissy? Um, definitely had to do my research, and once we all got together and we started putting things, it was like made me realize that okay, I have to sit down and like invest and watch more of this brand. True story. So a couple of the honorable mentions we will shout out here. We had uh, AJ Styles versus Kurt Angle from the January 4th, 2010 episode of Impact Wrestling. This was, That was probably one of the biggest episodes of, of uh, TNA Impact ever as it went against Monday Night Raw for the first time ever. Uh, we also had an honorable mention of Beer Money versus the Motor City Machine Guns, two out of three falls from 2010. Uh, we had we had Pentagon versus Sammy Callahan from Slammiversary 2018, which was voted Impact Wrestling's Match of the Year for 2018. So a lot of great matches left off our list, but we will start with number five. Number five is coming from January 2005 from Final Resolution 2005, The Ultimate X, which I think we all can agree is the premier match that Impact Wrestling and TNA has ever created. If you've never seen it before, it's when a wire covered in red is hung above the ring in the form of an X, and it usually has either an X for a number one contendership or whatever title title uh, the competitors are competing over and in this case from final resolution 2005 it was for the the x division championship as pd williams defended against chris saban and the phenomenal aj styles this is probably one of the most popular ultimate x matches of all time as a famous spot where aj does a flip a flip fucking bump from the top of the ultimate x down to the ring probably and aj styles has even said in the past is probably the most wicked wickedest bump he's ever taken in his 20 plus year career uh josh any memories of this match for you no that's probably the main thing i remember like it was like i mean because um 
I mean, I've never, you know, like usually when it when it comes to AJ Styles matches, like you see how smooth he is, you see what he does. So that's probably like when he said that was probably the craziest bump he's taken. I actually believe that because I have not seen him take a more crazier bump than that. I think most of his craziest bumps comes from his time in TNA for sure. <laughs> you know, you don't think WWE is more safer, which is understandable. Especially at his age now, he's like what, 43, 44. So, it's not you know, he's not a young guy anymore. So yeah, yeah, he's he developed like a new like more ground based style in his time in like New Japan and ROH after Impact Wrestling, which really has gotten him ready for his run in WWE. Um, coming in at number four is one that Chrissy Love is responsible for us remembering because. <laughs> I would have felt I would have felt horrible leaving this off the list. This was voted by Impact Wrestling fans as their greatest match ever. But for us, it is coming in at number four: Matt Hardy versus Jeff Hardy. Yes, final deletion from Impact. July 2016 this was a part of the whole rivalry between Matt and Jeff where Matt was big money Matt he had lost the TNA the TNA World Heavyweight Championship from Drew McIntyre and gotten into a war with his brother and his brother at Slammiversary 2016 did a huge dive off the top of the impact zone onto his brother which left his brother broken <laughs> and to the one of the greatest character changes in professional wrestling history as matt hardy became broken matt hardy and we had the final deletion and it starts with um <laughs> it starts with the famous words brother nero i knew you'd come <laughs> so many things have been referenced from this this is the cinematic matchup is the reason why we've had the boneyard match this yeah, year yeah. Uh, Firefly Funhouse, Stadium Stampede, the most unique Money in the Bank ladder match ever, even horrible stuff like the Swamp Fight. It all started here with this cinematic match. Chris, Chrissy Love, what made you put this on your list? Because it was again one of the original like cinematic matches, and this is where everything stems from. This is where everything. This is where everyone is like trying to be like. You know what I'm saying? And it just shows you that it can be done and it can be done the correct way in a good way and still give you wrestling and still give you that, that, Oh my God, like what is this going on? Like give you half cinematic, half wrestling match. I enjoyed it. The acting, everything. And, it, and it's just amazing. Josh, what was your thoughts on final deletion? I mean, at first to be honest, like when I, when I heard about it, I was like, what the hell is going on? But then, like, more and more, like, I actually liked it more the more that I, I saw it because then, you know, that actually expanded Matt Hardy's character because even when he started his new gimmick, a lot of people were against it. They were like, what the hell is this? Because it's Matt Hardy. But then once, I think once that match happened, that's when, like, his character, like, took off even more. Yes. So, um, <laughs> but then also, you know, when it goes back to, like, the cinematic matches, you know, it's probably the one that, like, the first one that was done right. Because, um, you know, there, there has been other ones, but they have, have, hasn't come close to that. And I mean, before that, like, before that, they had the um, Piper and Goldust. They had that one. Yeah. When, when they had to go back into the ring and then your opponent, you have to pin like you're in the ring or some shit. It was like. And they, that, that never even had a finish. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think technically, I think Piper won, I guess. Um, and and then and then um, they had the other one in WCW, a Bash at the Beach, that had Vampiro. Mm-hmm. And, um, what was the Demon or some shit? <laughs> yes. Wow, you can remember yes. that? Oh my goodness! Yes, the grave. I think it was like a graveyard match or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that was. And I think that one, that one, it was uh, you. You only the match was officially over once you get into the ring or some shit. I was like, what? Like, oh man. So when it came to like the final deletion, like that one was actually like the first one that was actually like positive. It was good. Yeah, like like people had polarizing views on it. You either hated it or you loved it, but you no one can deny this impact on the industry, pun intended. Uh coming in at number three, we got Samoa Joe versus Kurt Angle from Lockdown 2008. This is the match that is responsible for TNA's biggest buy rate ever for a pay-per-view as Samoa Joe challenged Kurt Angle for the TNA World Heavy championship inside of a steel cage this is a mma based submission based style matchup where samoa joe defeated kurt angle to win his first ever tna world heavyweight championship i know you josh you had joe versus angle's first matchup from genesis 2016 on your list what is your thoughts on the joe versus angle um rivalry and it's and it's uh, I, I will say it's significance to impact wrestling's history. Um, to be honest, um, I think that was, in my opinion, I think that was Kurt Angle's best rivalry in any company. Mm. Wow. Any company? Oh, uh, yes. Wow. Okay. That that's a hot take. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you could you could argue with with Benoit and Angle, but I think I think for me it was the best one because like when he got to TNA. Like that's when it really created a buzz, like a, a huge buzz for everyone to pay attention to, and that was, when it that became like his first rivalry. Um, it not only you know elevated the company, but it, it elevated Samoa Joe himself mm. to the point he became a world champion because of that. So I mean, that's that's what I take away from. Okay, not that's a fair that's a fair assessment. So, um, my thoughts on this matchup, though, this match is just I, I it was so unique at the time because uh, there wasn't a lot of like MM. This was like during the rise of MMA in like the public eyes, and them using these two guys who are like based on submission and their yeah. realism to the to professional wrestling, and to use them in this type of matchup, like a cage fight, like a UFC fight, basically for the tna heavyweight championship i think that is the whole reason why it got so much response from the fans and why it had the biggest buy rate um not that i think the reason why it was done because i could be mistaken but i think it was around the time that daniel white took interest in kurt angle he wanted to work it with was. Kurt Angle. yes and what, happened, and what happened was that kurt angle was actually supposed to be on the ultimate fighter heavyweights that was the first wow. uh that was the first Ultimate Fighter they were doing with heavyweights. They had Roy Nelson. They had Kimbo Slice. Yes. We were supposed oh, to be on that. Kimbo. We were supposed to be competing for a spot, for a contract. But what happened was that he felt it his physical because of all his neck issues. Yeah. So, I think that's why, so I think that's why that happened because he, cause Kurt Angle did take an interest in MMA. Um, he, he always had, but I think it was like, I believe it was around that time that he was really invested in that because Dana White 
wanted to work with. I think you're right because I remember um, Frank Trigg, the MMA fighter, was in Kurt Angle's corner for this matchup and he had been training MMA with Frank Trigg at the time. Mm-hmm. So, so coming in at number two is the most recent match on our list and Miss Chrissy Love, you actually had this as your number one choice. It is LAX, Santana and Ortiz versus the Lucha Bros of Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix full metal mayhem from rebellion 2019 in april of last year this match was insane highlighted highlighted by the one of the craziest spots i've ever seen in a ladder match where ray phoenix jumped off the second rope to Mm -hmm. the top to the top rope to ortiz on a ladder did a spanish fly off the ladder didn't fully rotate and almost landed on his freaking neck it's you have to see oh, it. Yeah, it's it, uh, <laughs> yes, it, like it could have been so bad, but it was so good. You know what I'm saying? Like all the bumps in that that match is just like epic. If you haven't seen it, you gotta go. Like pause us now and go watch it. Um, everything in that match from beginning to end, that story that they told was amazing. Just plain and simple. Like the ladders, the chairs, everything that they had in this match, they used it all, and they use it phenomenal. I, I love this match, and I'm so happy you had this on your list because I I don't know what I was thinking. I didn't have <laughs> it on my list originally, but like it deserves so much credit because yeah. these guys these guys tore it up last year in 2019 and really put a spotlight on Impact Wrestling that didn't need any WWE releases at the time. Like this was when uh, I. I would say in 2019, LAX, the Lucha Bros, and Tessa Blanchard were the main reasons to keep eyes on Impact Wrestling. Before she messed it up in Chrissy's eyes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. That is true. (laughs) And then finally, our number one choice for our collective list of the top five best Impact Wrestling TNA matches of all time. If you saw me on Wrestle Talk, if you are one of our new subscribers, I mentioned this pay-per-view as one of the greatest pay-per-views in TNA history. It's from Unbreakable 2005, the main event of AJ Styles versus Christopher Daniels versus Samoa Joe in a triple threat match for the X Division Championship. This was at a time where Impact Wrestling was about to go to Spike TV. This would be their official last pay-per-view before um they would go to spike tv before they would be off of television for a couple of months and then wind up on spike tv (laughs) sorry about that (laughs) but uh yes impact wrestling made evented with the x division the x division uh with aj styles who was the probably the stalwart of of tna at the time christopher daniels who was one of their main heels and samoa joe which was their undefeated new star and these three guys went out there and had one of the most state-of-the-art matches in professional wrestling at the time this is the match that put so much eyes and brought so much attention to tna honestly i was a tna fan at the time i was watching the wednesday the wednesday pay-per-views even in like 2000 2002 2003 2004 but this is when other people i knew started asking me what's this tna you're talking about you're always talking (laughs) about you always tell me about like aj styles as a guy i need to pay attention to you love samoa joe from ring of honor but everybody's talking about this three-way match and this one 
just incredible spots, incredible sequences. This is like the best chemistry you will ever see in a triple threat match. I'm not only calling this the greatest TNA Impact Wrestling match of all time, I'm calling this the best triple threat I have ever seen in oh, my wow. life. Yes. This is the greatest triple threat I have ever seen in my life. It's right up there with Benoit versus Michaels versus Triple H for WrestleMania 20 for you WWE fans out there. But this one is just state of an art and it innovated the professional wrestling for the next 15 years where we see today every single matchup really is like coming off of this basically. <laughs> so, Josh, what was your thoughts on this match all the way back in 2005 and then now in 2020? I mean, for me, it was uh, it was one of those matches that it actually made me invested more in Christopher Daniels. To be honest with you, mm. it was one of those things that you know Christopher Daniels always heard his name. You know, you know, even with his falling angel gimmick, but it was one of those things that once it came to that match, I was like, oh shit, like this guy is actually great. Because even before that, um, I knew about AJ Styles. Like I knew the great things he could do. Um, Samoa Joe I knew about as well from Ring of Honor but I think for me that was my biggest takeaway off of that Christopher Daniels to see like how great he really is and then now 15 you know 15 years later you know being like how he you know he's not the same but it's like he's still a solid worker and it's like you know all these guys are still working all these guys are still in the business um but even for that, I think even for that, when it comes to um, that year, that was arguably that was probably the best match of the year, period, from any company. Yeah. Dev, and this was like a year that had Michaels versus Angle. This is a year that had the first ever Money in the Bank. It had it also had Joe versus Kobayashi from Ring of Honor. So to to say that this is one of the best matches of the year, this was a year that it was it was tough to even be mentioned in that class. So definitely, I agree with you there, Miss Chrissy Love. What's your thoughts on this match? Um, as I had to go back to research and find these matches, it just showed you that. AJ Styles and Samoa Joe are just freaking awesome. And then not only you have these two guys, and you throw in Daniels is just like an awesome triple threat match. I, would, I, I, can't, I can't say it was the greatest of all time, as you would say. However, I do think it is a great, great match, and it is well-deserved as the number one match. Absolutely. We are all agreed on this being the GOAT. TNA Impact Wrestling match of all time. Put down below in the comment section if you disagree with us. If you feel one of the other matches that we mentioned is the greatest match in Impact TNA history, or one of the matches we mentioned as an honorable mention, or one of the matches we didn't mention at all. We want to talk all about Impact Wrestling in the comment section below. So jot down what you thought was the greatest match in Impact Wrestling history. So we that is all for this edition of true hill heat true hill heat 84 what you guys got to look forward to um for the weekend and for the rest of the week or what's already on our youtube channel right now we have a new edition of wednesday night warriors that's drops on uh friday if you're watching this now it's probably already there on the youtube channel so you could check that out after this our slammiversary and extreme rules roundtables are up right now and i gotta give it up to miss chrissy love miss 
Chrissy Love <laughs> and Drunk Guy JJ had one of the most epic debates in the history of any of our roundtables. Josh, what was what was your thoughts on watching that? Oh, I laughed a lot. Pure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I expected no less from from Jaquan. At this at this point, I'm not I'm not surprised with anything that he says. So it was like, yeah, yeah, you know, it was bound to happen. It was bound. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Because yeah, it's Jaquan. That's. <laughs> This is what Jaquan is known for, guy JJ. So, and then we have True Heels BTR, two new interviews up on the channel as I talk yes. with last week's True Hill Heat guest, Tom Conahue. We got to give him a shout out, as well as, uh, as well as Alex McCarthy of Talk Sports. Two really good conversations about uh, with two wrestling journalists. So you can learn more about that for that part of the wrestling industry. One of the best episodes yet of True Rewind as we review one of the worst pay-per-views ever and that also <laughs> featured our good friend josh here as we reviewed wcw halloween havoc 1995 and that is already our most viewed episode of true rewind yet so I thank you god bless y'all for sitting through that trash of a you know <laughs> survived we did survive and thank you josh thank you josh once again being the true draw <laughs> And Josh is also a representative for Battle Club Pro. I did a great interview with the three owners of Battle Club Pro, Joe Kim Morales, Mike Sabs, and Ray Red. That's up on the YouTube channel right now as we discuss their journey from becoming friends in high school to becoming promoters for one of our favorite New York City independent promotions. So great conversation right there. So check out all the great videos right here on our YouTube channel. Josh, any final plugs before we wrap things up? Um, any plugs? Uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram on DamnPostInTwo. Sounds good, Miss Chrissy Love. What do you say? I'm sorry. I said I ain't giving my Facebook because I ain't giving because I don't want no weird messages on my DMs. You know you, what? You 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 learn from drunk guy. <laughs> 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 oh man that's so funny uh, I am the sensation of Miss Chrissy Love uh, you can find me on IG Twitter and on Facebook underscore Miss Chrissy Love or Chrissy Love um, you can also find me I'm one of the uh, co-hosts of True Hell Heat and Smackdown with the Lynches Absolutely. We look forward to that return for SmackDown with the Lynches. You could check us out on Facebook, the True Hills group page. True Hill Heat has its own separate page where you can like. We just hit over 7,000 likes on our podcast page, so thank you for that. You can also check out X Battle Club Pro on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The True Hill Heat, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at True Hill Heat. Uh, you can also follow Wrestling Travel on facebook twitter and instagram they're one of our great partners and you can also check out me uh miss chrissy love and top guy jj doing a two-part interview with justin clapper of wrestling travel where we talk all about true hill heat and our journey to becoming a podcast as well as i was featured on their full review of slammiversary and in stream rules this week so that's up on their youtube channel right now help them get to 1000 subscribers they're only 50 subscribers away from 1000 so let's oh, help wow. them make that 
make that push right there. And of course, Miss Chrissy Love's about to laugh because I got a plug. Mr. Marcus Cash's YouTube channel, My Battery is Dying. Uh, you can check him out with the Pritchard's Raw reviews every week, as well as Jimmy Macaram. I'm up on his YouTube channel reviewing Ozark now on Netflix. You can also check out Tom Conahue on, on his YouTube channel where he does reviews for Raw and SmackDown and breaks down the news from around the wrestling world, as well as Alex McCarthy of Talk Sports, who does exclusive interviews. His latest one with Matt Riddle is up on his YouTube channel right now. If you can't watch us on YouTube, you can, of course, listen to the audio version of our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Anchor, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. So, for the true draw, Josh. Thank you once again for joining us, good brother. You are always welcome right here on True Hill Heat, sir. Woo! Back for me again. Of course, and of course, the princess of all the True Hills, Miss Chrissy Love. Later, guys. Welcome back. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom, SP3. Until True Hill Heat 85 next week, this has been True Hill Heat 84, and we are signing off until next time.